Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Photo Finale, and Advertech Printing. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by the CEO and founder of ClickaSnap, Tom Oswald, who is all the way over the pond in the UK. Hi, Tom. How are you today? Hi, Gary. All good. Thank you very much. So, Tom, tell me about your journey to founding ClickaSnap in 2016. Where do you want me to start? It goes back. <laughs> It actually goes back quite a way, uh, but we'll go back to 2011, okay. which is actually where we the, the journey kind of started. So I uh, had a couple of friends who were very, very good artists, very good singers, and um, they had no chance without a backing of a label, and the chances of them getting a backing of a label were very low because there's a huge audience. So I founded a record label called Red Dragon Records, uh, we ran that, founded a couple of radio stations. We had our own CD manufacturing facilities, merch facilities, a lot. So it became quite a big label. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, YouTube announced that they were going to launch something called YouTube Red. Mm-hmm. Now, YouTube Red was going to tip the entire independent music scene on its head. Uh, primarily, I won't go into the massive details, but primarily it was to do with the way music was released. And if you were to have your music on YouTube, you had to ensure the music was released to YouTube first. And YouTube had first refusal on basically everything released. So it was going to decimate the music industry. Certainly the independent one anyway. And I thought if there was ever a good time to take on one of the giants, that was it. So we put together a team and we created a video platform in six weeks. Okay. That that platform was called Vidascape, and we managed to get that to the point where that was paying a cent per view for videos that were on it. Mm -hmm. And we ran that for about two years and grew it to about half a million users, I guess, somewhere around there. And that was a completely free-to-use platform that was uh, monetized using various ad streams. YouTube dropped YouTube Red because of the controversy and of course we effectively lost our usp i mean our only usp at that point was we weren't google we weren't youtube but convince people that they don't need to be on a platform of two billion users to get their content seen right uh, with that um so we had the choice i'm an amateur photographer i enjoy doing like astrophotography high-speed photography that sort of stuff and i thought well if we've actually developed a platform that can stream video as efficiently as we can then why not pivot it to stream photos, monetize those photos and allow users to get an income stream from just having their photos viewed in the same way YouTube works in the same way Spotify works. And we really would have a unique platform at that point. And the USP would be, we just exist, um, which is very nice. So we pivoted into ClickerSnap in 2016, officially launched it in, I think it was May or June, with an interview with Mike Brown, who's one of the top YouTube photographers, and grew it from there. And so that's how we ended up with ClickerSnap, basically. So how what's the size of the ClickerSnap audience right now? We've got 2.1 million signed up users. We have 10,000 signups per day. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a million page views a day. I mean, it's, it's fast. It's very, very big. I mean, it's not as big as Instagram so on, but for a photo sharing platform, it's probably one of the bigger ones, I suspect. So what's the business model there? You have, yeah, you, a, you have a free tier, but you have a paid tier as well, correct? 
We have quite a few different business models. Um, I always have this nightmare when, I mean, we, we've never actually used God investment. We've done this all ourselves. Um, but when we have spoken to investors, actually explaining the business model is a nightmare because <laughs> there are a range of them. Obviously, you have the free tier, which is monetized through advertising. Then you have the various paid tiers, which are obviously monetized through the payments. But then you also have advertising on those paid tiers for people who come and look at the photos, which supplies the payments per view. We then have a business model where you can sell photos. So we, of course, have that. We then have on-site promotion systems. And we have a couple of other ones that are way too complex to go into detail in a podcast. (laughs) But there's about 10 different business models within that platform. Okay. So how do you keep that all straight and managed? How big is your team? There's six of us. Wow. So do you must be outsourcing a lot of that then? Uh, No, there's six of us total. Wow, that's quite the lean machine there. <laughs> Are these it's folks cool. you've worked with uh, for a long time? Um, no, we hired most of them this year. Wow. So up until um, February or March, there was two of us. So Click a Snap is not in the data aggregation business in terms of trying to monetize the user's data specifically. Is that correct? We have no interest in the user data at all. So how has that been received by your customers? Is that something that draws people to ClickerSnap? I suspect it's one of the factors. I think the biggest factor that draws people to ClickerSnap at the moment is the payments per view. It's mm-hmm. the ability to monetize. Because to sell, as a photographer, to sell your images is a nightmare. Whether it be on a stock site or as a site like Redbubble, you are competing with tens of millions of people trying to sell their photos for generally quite exorbitant prices, usually because of the margins that those companies charge. Right. So Redbubble's 30 or 40%, most stock sites are upwards of 50%. And those sites are all free to use. Um, So, but our site gives the ability for any photographer of any level to see a direct income from their um, photography just by having people look at it. But then they also can license the work, correct? They can, yes. And how and how is that function as a part of the business? Is that a big piece of the business or are people no. attracted to the platform because they want to display their work and possibly, uh, like you said, generate some ad revenue from it? We've done quite a few polls. And generally speaking, if we look at across, let's say, a section of 100,000 of our users, the bulk of them, so they were, if you, if you look at the poll, the results are pretty much equal across the same. So an equal amount is looking for payments per view, an equal amount is enjoying the fact that we don't have algorithms. So all of your followers see your content, another equal amount because we don't have data aggregation. Another one, of course, because actually those users are an integral part of the way that the platform is going. So we run polls very, very frequently as to what you want, and then we integrate those into the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very active with our users. So we've got a Facebook focus group of about 1,200 users uh, who we put our ideas to. um, And then we take those and disseminate them into the platform. So we're a very, very active, very agile business, which has helped our growth significantly. Well, there's a lot of other hosting platforms out there. There are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the uh, data monetization piece as the part that's the piece that sets you apart? No, I see. I see that as one piece that sets us apart. Mm-hmm. We're a platform that basically contains six or seven different platforms in one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest standout for most people is actually the payment per view. I and mean, we have users that may at the moment make hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month just from having their photos looked at. 
And that's where we are now. Now, let's say we stick another zero on the end of our users next year, then we could quite easily see photo photographers making thousands or tens of thousands of dollars per month from their photograph from their images. The same as YouTube has YouTube millionaires. There's no reason why we can't actually do the same with ClickSnap. The business model scales exactly the same. What types of images are the most popular that, that get the most views? Uh, usually attractive women. <laughs> Try women. So it's sort of a lad magazine format, maybe perhaps, right? Um, is there... the bulk of photographers bulk of photographers are male, um, right. and photos of attractive women are always going to do well. I mean, we don't allow nudity or any of that sort of stuff on the content. Right, on the... Yeah, I would state that that's that's probably our most popular photographer. I mean, our biggest account is a Russian supermodel, and she's probably got quarter of a million plus views. Wow. Um, we do have other come other there's a guy called G Jesdil who's does he does do nudity but doesn't put nudity on the platform. He puts the um edited images on the platform and he probably is our second biggest account. It it all depends on how actually how well you uh present your images. I mean, any good quality image, like a high-end image, will do extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, our users can join up and within a couple of hours have a 10,000 views. It's not uncommon if they have good quality content. How are they driving content or how are they, how are these views being driven? Is it something you're doing? Is it something that they have to do through their social channels? How does that work? Because our platform has phenomenal interaction levels. Um, so actually people scour the recent uploads and the things all day long mm-hmm. and just look for good quality photos. And of course they end up on the front page if they have the pro accounts and we've got, as I said, I mean, 10, 20, 30, 50 or 1,000 people a day hitting that front page. So, of course, that brings people in. Um, we spend a huge amount on SEO every month. So, I mean, if they put a proper description in there and they've tagged it properly, then Google indexes it pretty con- quickly and then that mm-hmm. brings in views. Of course, if they want to boost their views, then, yes, they sell them across their own social media. Mm-hmm. But we also have our own automated marketing system within the platform. Okay. You can attach your Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest accounts and our platform will automatically disseminate your content across those things, not just once, but you can schedule it to be every eight hours, two hours, four hours, or whatever. It's completely automated within the platform. Mm-hmm. Then you can break that down into albums and all that sort of stuff. So you have your own built-in marketing platform that they, that they can manage themselves. Exactly. Think Hootsuite built into our platform and That's- for a lot less money. So what would be the range for a pro account? How much are you, what, what are some of the levels? Uh, it's six pound a month, that's it. That's the only? We have three tiers. It's two pound a month for our ad free account, four pound a month for our seller and six pound a month for our um, pro account. Have you had any success with people either buying digital rights to pictures or generating sales from like prints or canvas or anything like that? We don't at the moment do stock licensing system. We just do um, digital prints and physical prints. Now, we don't have a particularly high physical print sale, primarily because our printer is in the UK. Mm -hmm. Shipping outside of the UK is very, very expensive. We're in the process of spending £2 million rebuilding the business at the moment. And we're integrating three more print providers, which will then provide international printing at a much lower cost than what we currently do. So we would then expect sales of those sort of things to increase significantly then but we're at the moment selling between 500 and a thousand downloads a week across our platform wow that's pretty good considering you've only been around for what about five years now 
Six months, four years old. So what is the near-term outlook? You've had a period, uh, you know, everyone's had a period with COVID where people have kind of been parked in front of their screens for a while looking for things to look at. Uh, what's the near-term outlook uh, as we go post-COVID? In what respect? What we think the traffic's going to do? What we think Yeah, just, just how your business is going to grow, right? You've I had think, to add staff this year. You're probably going to have to grow some more next year, probably. I think as the as people are released from COVID, I think our platform will grow even further because people have the opportunity to communicate with each other easily. Mm-hmm. Photography meetups, photography groups, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of whether COVID is there or not, people are still going to go out and take photos. Right. And we're positioning ourselves to move into click snap, uh, Instagram space mm-hmm. um, because Instagram has basically said they're not going to support photo. Well, they're not, not going to support photos, but uploading photos will no longer get any reach. They want reels and video because they're competing with TikTok. Right. We just um, saw that on the CEO just announced that, that they don't think they're a photo sharing app anymore, which is exactly kind of strange, actually. <laughs> It's fine by me. It's a big chunk of our competition gone. And we have a feed within our platform that enables people, as I said, to see all of the content that everyone's uploaded. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's our drive is as people's interaction on Instagram goes down, they've got nowhere to go. So they'll come to us. Do you think Instagram will come to regret that and try and backtrack? Don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I just thought it was a strange statement. Video is if for an advertising, speaking from experience, if you've got a business that's run on advertising, video is far more profitable. It is about 10 times more profitable than um, banner ads. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Facebook's dying. Um, it's slow, but it is dying. Instagram's revenue is only five or six billion per year um, because actually the way people use Instagram isn't does not work well for fixed ads like banner mm-hmm. ads, et cetera. Right, right, right. But it does, of course, work very well for video ads because of reels and people, the way people go through them. I think that's what they're looking at is they, they need Instagram to start picking up from Facebook's business. Well, it's going to be interesting for other people to step into that space like yourself because they got big because they did photos great. And it's not like the interest in photos has gone away anywhere. It's not like that's just no. that's going away. So it's sort of, like I said, it's sort of a strange move because they're kind of walking away from their core business and the competition in the space they're moving into is quite extensive. Well, it's TikTok really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's competing with YouTube necessarily because it's Mm -hmm. not long format video that they're interested in doing. It is, they've lost most of their user base under 30 or never had it in the first place now. Mm -hmm. Uh, TikTok and Snapchat have got that. Right. So I strongly suspect that's what they're going after. Um, And the only way they can do that is Mm -hmm. by video. We plan to introduce video to our platform at a later date, but it'll be long form. It won't be short form. So, of course, the photo industry and just to kind of going back to the traditional side has always been very camera focused. Have you seen, or I should say, what percentage or what level of your users are are like mobile phone only? Are you, or do you have people who are the the they have a camera and they tweak it in Lightroom or Photoshop and then they upload, or are they mobile first? Eighty percent of our users are mobile. Mobile only or mobile first? Mobile only. Wow. Um, that's only going to expand. I mean, photography cameras on these things nowadays, I mean, are incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have two very, very high-end cameras, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I don't have them on me nine times out of ten. Right. So I use my phone. Right. Uh, and unless I'm specifically doing a photo shoot, I don't have it on me. But if I'm out and I see a nice tree or a sunset or something, mm-hmm. my phone. Mm-hmm 
will take in for, for image display purposes on a mobile, which is again a big chunk mm -hmm. of my traffic. My phone will do a perfectly adequate picture. There's no point in me uploading a 50 megabyte resolution image mm -hmm. because most people will not see anywhere near that quality. Now you mentioned earlier uh, you're you were into astrophotography. What got you into that? I like tech. <laughs> <laughs> So that's so. Have you found much success with using a phone for that, or is that where where you need the? Very no, no. I had a uh, twelve-inch Cassegrain telescope to do that, and a nine-foot uh, refractor. And uh, it took me nine months to photograph my first galaxy because it is a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, because of course you're doing six-hour exposures mm -hmm. uh, across an okay. object that's moving across the sky. So right. I did that for about two years, and then. I couldn't go any deeper into space without getting a bigger telescope to so drop that. And then moved recently, I've just moved into high speed photography. So we ordered a camera last week that will do 1.1 million images per second in full color. Which camera is that? Photron Nova S16. I can't say I've heard of that one. Can't get that one uh, at the local uh, shop on the high street, I imagine. No, they're custom built in Japan and then shipped over. <laughs> I like really technical imagery. And I'm not really, I'm not interested in landscape or portraits or stuff like that, unless someone asks me to do it. But this camera will give us the ability to, for example, photograph a spinning bullet uh, coming mm -hmm. out of a big gun. So we're going to use it for some really cool footage and images that we're going to use to promote the business basically through Instagram Reels. Nice. So where can people go to get some more information about your company and your plans? Well, they won't find my plans anywhere, but for, um, uh, to find information out, I'll just Google ClickerSnap. There is, we're in the press almost every week of some sort. Yeah. There's a lot of blog information. We have a very active forum. We've got a ClickerSnap discussion group. We have a, yeah, there's a lot of information out there about us. Uh, and of course that's growing every single week. I mean, through podcasts like this, news, world forecasts, mm -hmm. everything. Well, thank you, Tom, for your, uh, patience and your time and, uh, wishing you the best in the, in the coming year. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.